Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, an Apple Arcade podcast. I think that's the official name now. It is for this episode anyways. I'm Chris. And I'm Nick. Uh, each episode we'll be talking about Apple Arcade games we've tried, um, what we keep going back to, and what we might think uh, are great games, to, great games to check out if you've got kids. Um, we'll try to preview an upcoming game as well. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, of course, or on the web at, uh, for now, goodstuff.fm. <laughs> Uh, welcome to back to episode two, Nick. Thanks for having me. Uh, this uh, should be fun, kind of getting into the rhythm of uh, getting these recorded. Yeah. Um, so last episode, we're going to try and do this like efficiently, both for you, you're going to get kicked out of your room, and, and also we don't want to bore our listeners too long with our babbling. So last episode, we uh, we decided we were going to play a game called Inmost, and uh, we didn't even give too much description of it, but I just thought I'd quickly read the description in the Apple Arcade description for it so you can kind of get an idea of what it is. So it says, a knight sworn to the forces of darkness, a creature which feeds on pain, a young girl all alone, one interconnecting tale of suffering, sacrifice, and the family in the middle of it all. Inmost is an atmospheric, story-driven puzzle platformer following three playable characters within one dark, interconnecting story. In an old abandoned castle, you'll need to explore every nook and cranny, avoid detection, slice your way through enemies, and spring deadly traps in order to escape the evil that lurks within. So it's published by Chucklefish Gamers, which I was like, I knew the, when the logo popped up, I was like, I recognize this from somewhere, and they've published Stardew Valley, among other games uh, that you might have played. It, it was not familiar to me. I think maybe they haven't had as much of an iOS footprint lately, so I, yeah. I wasn't aware of them, and, and I've never played uh, Stardew. Oh, that'd be a good one, uh, except it's not an app arcade, I guess we can't... <laughs> Well, yet anyway we'll see. off topic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really it's just an excuse to talk about arcade or video games so we'll, we'll yeah yeah we'll tra- transition to wherever we need to go and then the ratings i was gonna i was just kind of looking through quickly like i didn't i'm not gonna read them all or whatever but like kind of a mixed bag as far as ratings you know from 60 out of 100 to 80 out of 100 on metacritic and stuff like that so and then you had a note here too that the game which i hadn't realized i think initially too that the con- there's a content warning for it being despite it being only tw- 12 plus i guess so it's as I find out my kid, my oldest is around 12 and that age is such a weird age for like some kids are watching whatever, you know, Halloween or like crazy it movie and stuff like that. And other kids are like just being exposed to the Simpsons and mine are kind of like somewhere in between that. But, um, so anyways, as far as the game itself goes, we'll talk about maybe what our kids did or didn't see of this probably didn't for the most part, but, uh, what did you think of the, of inmost? Uh, yeah. So, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure. It's, it's definitely a very, it's an unusual game. Um, uh, so I, I just played it on, uh, with, with a Xbox controller on my phone. Um, I didn't want to install it on the family iPad cause, um, it looked a little dark. Um, and that turned out to be accurate. Um, um, I think I got about halfway through the game based on the little, uh, pause screen has little dots on the bottom that seem to indicate progress. Um, and I was stuck on a on a switch timing puzzle where, like, to get the item to turn off the thing, you need to open two doors, and I couldn't figure out how to get both doors open at the same time. Um, I have not yet looked up uh, a walkthrough. Um, <laughs> as far as the the story, which the description kind of dug into, um, yeah, it's um it's dark. It seems like, uh, like I said, especially combined with that content warning that the game splashes when you start it up. Um, like maybe it's something about, um, like family abuse, uh, and then the, the platformer part is kind of some kind of metaphor for that. 
you know, it is interesting playing the three different characters because they play very differently, um, which I kind of liked. Um, the difficulty is, you know, fairly easy and linear at parts most of the time, but then there's a couple of really challenging, like little encounters where there's like a particularly tough um, section um, that I've run into. Um, and then, like I said, this, this one puzzle I'm stuck on. Um, how, how far did you get? Yeah. So I got, um, I didn't get that far into it, honestly, because I, my gaming time I was scheduled for, or like, I mean, mentally, it's not like I actually blocked out the calendar for it, but I was planning to play. And then, uh, my brother-in-law, again, gaming sort of across the various platforms, but, um, the, he opportunity came up to play Fortnite with him, which we'd been planning to do for like six months just to try it. So that was gave precedence over the uh, the iPhone game so I got but anyways I got a little ways through it into into it certainly and and like like you said I think the um the idea of it being um sort of this interesting story to follow along with I certainly grabbed onto and wanted to like find out more the the switching of characters I had I hadn't actually read the description before I played the game so it's kind of like it is maybe that's a bit of a spoiler warning in a sense too cuz you kind of don't really connect that that's what's going to happen obviously right off the gate and then it does happen you switch characters it's not like a you know you switch to a playing screen where you're like picking whichever player you want to use for this or character you want to use for a different section you're forced to use a specific character i think unless that changes later yes. on in the game it it seems to be like you 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 play a section with one character and when you complete it it moves you to the the story of of the next character right yeah and uh and i think there's a element to these kind of games where it's like you're in a room there's a bunch of stuff some stuff you can open and then some stuff you can't either like um you're, it's locked like it tells you that you can't open it or you're just not able you hit the button to open and nothing happens so it's just not part of the game you know puzzle or whatever um and there's an element of these kind of games that kind of leaves me gets me stressed almost because i'm like if i miss what if i miss something what if i and i once i kind of connected that it was actually like each sort of room more or less is like a puzzle that you have to unlock find the key get the key back over here uh, unlock this thing you know and again i haven't played as far as you have so it could change later on in the game but once i kind of settled into that idea then it helped me it sounds weird to be like stressed about a game but just like sort of when it's too open world i kind of get okay i've only got half an hour to play let's say Am I going to figure something out? I'm going to miss something here and have to go back or whatever, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy the getting drawn into it. It felt like almost like, um, what's the shoot? I was going to look it up, um, on Xbox I've played. There's like a puzzle. It's in the snow. It's like a side platformer. Uh, it's fairly popular. It's like got an angel name. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that one. Um, <laughs> I think it, it's at first a, when you said snow, I thought of, uh, never alone. Um, no, I've played that one too. Anyways, it's like, it's feels like a lighter version of that anyways, of the game. I can't remember. And I'm sure it'll come to me as soon as we hit stop. But, um, and, but it's yeah. In portable form. The thing that's interesting, I guess, for me is the first time sort of using, uh, like you referenced using a Apple arcade or an Xbox one controller to play on your phone. I hadn't done that either at all yet and so i was originally trying it with the phone which is i find yeah it's like muscle stress like where you're kind of like you have to keep holding your thumb and obviously people listening can't see me (laughs) moving my thumbs but holding your thumb on the screen and trying to like push in the right direction and make sure you're tapping and you kind of forget and all of a sudden your thumb's halfway across the screen or whatever so i quickly ran down and grabbed the xbox controller hooked it up and and that like it unlocked the game completely because yeah it was way more fun to play with the controller which is fairly obvious i would think for most folks but um, sometimes you're lazy and you don't want to go downstairs and 
disconnected from the Xbox and <laughs> deal with your kids right. trying to figure it out tomorrow. <laughs> Probably right now, actually, as we record this, they're trying to wonder why the controller isn't working. <laughs> <laughs> what is it pairing to? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the controls I thought were pretty straightforward. I mean, you can pretty much, there's like movement and then two actions for each of the three characters, and they're different. Um, there were times where it was like a little fiddly, like making sure I was particularly lined up with whatever you know platform I wanted to jump onto or something like that, mm-hmm. um, especially on the smaller uh, screen size. Um, to the key thing that you mentioned, I did like that if you ran into a door or wall or barrier, it generally would tell you what key you would need to go get for it like it would show you a little icon of like the pickaxe or something yeah yeah it it helps that like yeah the i think probably almost a necessity what am i trying necessity that's what i'm trying to say (laughs) of of the screen size being like it it can't there's only so much they can communicate through the pixel art level at that size of a screen of like what you need to do here right Um, and even the very first puzzle where you're like you have to stack the chairs sort of to get up and yeah it felt a little fiddly for like pixel level control where on like obviously a big huge tv you can actually see like the little pixels um as they you're trying to line things up or whatever and and figure out where you need to go next but um i was also hoping i'd ordered a iphone a newer upgrade and was hoping that was going to come too so that it would be a a little bit bigger screen and play a little faster not that this is a game that's really performance based it loads pretty quick i have an iphone 8 right now i don't know what you were playing it on um i have a a 10s from uh, last year right um and uh, yeah, it, it ran fine on it, although um, it got very hot, which was mm. surprising for a 2D game. Um, yeah. So makes me wonder how optimized some of their stuff is. Yeah, you wonder because if it's um, there wasn't didn't seem to be any other than I guess maybe positional audio maybe and stuff like that where it's but but even there yeah it's nothing too um, system intensive you'd think anyways for for what's going on on the screen and and stuff yeah. so. Um, yeah, you know, you reference. I was playing it later at night a couple times, and it's definitely got that sort of creepy vibe to it. And uh, and the story, like, it's there isn't enough there to like directly that you'll infer or know what's going to happen next. But there's enough, I think. I feel like to want, make me want to go back and play more to find out what actually happens on the in the game. Um, but I also I feel like I don't know, like when we're rating or reviewing these games, if you kind of like leave use a would I go back to it and finish it or is it kind of just walk away and kind of rating system almost because we're not buying the game. You're already an Apple Arcade member, assuming you're listening to this. And and I feel like at least as far as I went, I could probably walk away and not lose any sleep over not finding out how the story ends. But I don't know where you were at with how far you got into the story, how much sort of returnability it is to it. Yeah, so there's there's a little bit. Um, I've gotten a little bit further in the story, and there's a there's like a NPC later where you can pay him in the little bonus gems mm. to unlock some backstory. Like e- each time it go, the cost goes up, and you have to come go back to him a few times once you get more to find out more. I'm curious. Um, it's not like a story that I would say I enjoy, but I really want to. There's like enough pieces that they've laid out that I'm like really curious where it's all going to come together, especially across the three characters. Um, and, um, yeah, in terms of atmosphere, so I was, I think I played three different sessions all at night. So twice with headphones and the, the audio is definitely part of the game experience. Yeah. Um, especially there's like a creepy narrator in part of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's like that. kind of the, the sing songy, uh, silent hill girl kind of voice. But yeah, there's one section later where you're playing as the knight and like 
the building, the castle is like starting to catch on fire. And I don't think the fire actually hurts you. But in terms of mood, it really gets into that stress uh, thing you're talking about. Like, oh, I got to get up, you know, race up to the next platform, get past this guy. Um, so I think they've done a pretty good job at that. I, I think I would go back and slowly finish it. Um, it's not the kind of game that I'm going to, um, you know, pick up after I finish it, I think. I don't think I would go back. Um, it, it doesn't. But I, I am curious to see where it ends. And it seems short enough. Yeah, if that's what, how far you've gotten in, sort of like roughly halfway through-ish or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the definitely the replayability doesn't seem to be there at least, but it could be fun where um, if you have older kids, I guess, just getting into the kid side of things. Like, I don't know that, like my, I think it all depends on what your kids are perceptive of and what they're kind of like in tune with. Because I know our older ones probably could play it and be oblivious almost to what's going on. Whereas my youngest, she'd probably like, start bawling at the first sign of stuff, not, not, not out of fear, but just because she's actually, she doesn't know, she can't give words to what she's seeing or hearing maybe, but she feels the emotion of it way more. Yeah. I was, I was kind of interested how they mixed puzzle elements with some just like platformer jumping, you know, like jump over the bad guy at this point, make sure you duck under it here. Um, I wasn't expecting that kind of stuff. I was kind of expecting to be more just straight ahead puzzle, like go over here, yeah. get this turn this knob, this will unlock that, you know, that kind of thing where it's a little less like timing and, and that kind of stuff oriented. I've, I've never associated, I guess, iOS games with that kind of like mechanics where, you know, like Mario Brothers where you're like jumping and you have to hit the right part of the lava or to miss the lava, you have to jump at the right point and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, um, yeah, it, um, there were, it, I feel like it's mostly like move at your own pace puzzle, but then every once in a while there's a section where, you know, like, Unless you figure out the exact, you know, sequence of three jumps or whatever, you're just going to keep dying until you get past that uh, section. So there's a few of those. Yeah. Uh, but the respawn is, you know, pretty much instantaneous. It puts you right back where you were almost. So it doesn't feel that frustrating. And you kind of like go through the cycle of learning what you need to do. Um, uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't play this with my kid, though. No. <laughs> um, I mean, he's six, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's... Um the the gameplay itself is at least the my part for what i saw was fairly harmless as far as what you know they would they would be seeing or playing through in the puzzle part but the definitely like the cutscene sort of and extra story elements are, are where it would push it above that 20 12 plus um and yeah the respawn and save and die like when you die mechanic is very forgiving and and definitely leads you along the path of like okay you did that part right now now you got to figure out this next part you don't have to go back and redo the part you already know for the most part, um, again, at least as far as I, I got through it. So, right. All right. We we'll have to come up with some sort of like our own little rating review system, but I guess like the general gist of like, would you finish it? And is it something you'd go back to maybe or two interesting categories to sort of throw games into? So, um, I think I'm a tepid return to it person. I guess we'll, it's probably more time than <laughs> if I actually, if I was given like a Saturday to play a game, I would probably finish it. Um, but uh, yeah, so where where would you stand on those two metrics? Yeah, I think I'll go back and finish it. Um, you know, I figure it'll take me probably three or four more short evening sessions. Um, uh, I I generally am playing while uh, waiting for my son to fall all the way asleep, maybe humming. <laughs> yeah. uh, so one of the times he was like, "Daddy, what's that clicking?" And it's you know me furiously <laughs> on the controller trying to get past some section yeah. so i have to be a little stealthier <laughs> so yeah i think i'll finish it um you know slowly over the next week or two 
um, I wouldn't, I don't think I would go back to it. And yeah. it doesn't seem like the kind of thing where, like I mentioned last episode, there are some games that I've finished that then are definitely going to have another set of levels coming. Um, oh yeah. It, it looks like it'll just be, you'll play it and you'll be done. Right. And that's okay. I mean, it's a story experience. Which this is exactly for a lot of people. I know there's plenty of people who buy those kind of games on, on the iPhone or whatever and love it and are, have no problem with it. But I know there's lots of folks, I think probably reviews get slammed of like, you know, no replayability or whatever when they pay five bucks for a game like this. And that's where I would think the Apple Arcade is kind of perfect for that because you could just enjoy the game for what it is and and then move on, much like a movie or, or TV series or whatever experience that you don't necessarily go back and rewatch. So Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful we'll see more... Um you know, small story focused games get developed because of Apple having this program on, on the development side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it certainly helps them, you know, if it's a known game, there's no changing levels or new characters being added. There's less bugs to be introduced later on. So kind of a contained <laughs> development cycle, hopefully as well, other than new devices, I guess, and stuff they have to, have to update for possibly. Um, the one thing I was going to ask you about is how you play the game. So like, obviously if you switch to a controller, then you're no longer holding the the uh, iPhone or whatever you're using. And so how are you propping it up physically to watch what you're doing? Uh, my, my neck would tell me that I did something <laughs> a little bit wrong. Um, so I was in a uh, an Ikea Poang chair uh, with my legs up in front of me and the phone kind of, you know, on, on my angled lap and then leaning back. Right. You know, so... I was I was crunched up. It was not uh, not good uh, gaming ergonomics yeah. uh, by any stretch. Yeah, because um, <laughs> I was thinking I would like I, I guess ideally in a perfect world I'd pick up a new iPad or something that and then you know have a stand that might work for that and that would actually be you could sit on the couch and kind of like you would with a console or whatever. But but an iPhone is kind of in that weird space where it's you don't have a lot of I, I do in my car actually I guess I could go sit. <laughs> Put it in the, in the uh, holder in the car. Which, the little clamp. Yeah, wouldn't be all that bad. Put turn the stereo on with Bluetooth and and uh, could work as long as my kids don't find me in there. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> Daddy's in the garage right. in the car again. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm still kind of uh, holding out hope for that updated Apple TV hardware because I think that's where mm-hmm. some of these games would really shine. Yeah, that's uh, I've I've had some birthday money that has been kicking around and I keep thinking I'll maybe put it towards a switch someday or else maybe another console that we can, our family, you know, like I've mentioned, our kids are into Fortnite. And so like, it's basically one player per console. Um, and so that idea versus, but yeah, if like a newer Apple TV, which in theory, I guess they could throw Fortnite on there maybe at some point too, who knows, um, came out though. That's kind of in that sweet spot of like $200 for a device that plays great games on the Apple arcade, but also movies, TV, et cetera, music. Right. So, um, speaking of kids, the one, unless there's anything else on in most that you wanted to cover? No, no. I think that, I think that touches on it all. Kids corner. Ba, 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 ba. Kids corner. I know we need some like stingers or whatever. Um, one, uh, listener who sent, we sent the previous episode to is some of the Patreon folks, uh, with good stuff. So good stuff.fm, no, patreon.com slash good stuff, I guess. If you want to support the show and support the network, that's where you can do that. Uh, one feedback we got was, uh, from Kevin saying, interested to hear how you manage with children who get too much into Fortnite. It, it was his specific, but I, I mean, you can kind of substitute any game really concerning parenting techniques regarding cursing and audio chat from other players or your own kids and ways of tracking and tr- controlling playtime in general. So, um, I know yours probably too young for Fortnite. I don't, and you don't have a method. I guess you can play it on the iPhone now. So 
Yeah, yeah, there is an iOS version. Uh, yeah. So maybe tvOS is uh, coming down the line. Yeah. I don't know if it's currently supported. Um, yeah, my experience with Fortnite is uh, limited to like ads and uh, Twitter memes. And actually, the other week, I picked my son up at school, and some of the older kids from his elementary were playing Fortnite in the bushes. Oh yeah, <laughs> like like they were obviously talking about like the what little I know of the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, since he's six, you know, we're not going to be doing games like Fortnite for a while, not going to do online games for a while. Um, but mostly the game time is together. Mm. Um, so, um, we also have one of those little, um, retro Sega emulator boxes hooked up to the TV. So he'll sometimes watch like my wife play Sonic. Um, yeah. But he can't play himself yet. Um, so yeah, in terms of tracking stream cut time, it's pretty much we're there with him um, at this age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we do have screen time enabled on the family iPad, so we could like pull the report through the family iCloud. But yeah. you know, we don't need to because we're home and aware of what yeah. the time is. <laughs> and you don't want to know about your own <laughs> screen time issues. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, how much time have I spent on Twitter yeah. this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll say the um, something like the Xbox. I think PlayStation has it too, but I think I referenced it in the previous episode a little bit. Just so, just in brief, they have Microsoft has some really great family controls for screen time on Xbox and uh, and a computer for that matter. We we just have an Xbox, and through Xbox Live, you set up accounts for your kids, and then you can actually limit them each day how much time they have, the time that they can actually are allowed to play, you know, between these hours in each day. And, uh, and then they can actually, while they're playing, they can send a request via email for more time. So if they have an hour and it's, you know, five minutes left, they can send a request for more time and you can approve that or not, um, remotely too, which is kind of neat. And uh, you can tell some oh, nice. developer nerds were in, with, with kids were actually in part of that, um, which actually works on the iOS, uh, screen time request thing too. So we have that, uh, the family, uh, former iPhone now, I guess, whatever you call it, an, I, an iPod Touch kind of without the phone part um, set up so that they can, you know, they're allowed to access certain apps and things. And those, some of those apps have time limits. And if they hit that limit, then they can send a request within the iPhone um, or the, to the, to your Mac um, for more time, which is handy. And it's not like for us, it's not so much about locking them down. It's just kind of nice to be able to have parameters we discuss what the parameters are with them before before we set them up it's not like they just hit it and find out after the fact that right. they only had half an hour for Fortnite or whatever um but it does free you up as a parent to be able to like not have to check the clock and be the bad guy always who's coming down and shutting the thing off because the xbox just shuts off basically or logs them out i guess and and they can't go into anything um once it's once it's locked them out so um it is kind of handy that way and and um, parental controls as far as ratings too is locked. So our seven-year-old is allowed to play a certain set of games. And then if, if there's a game, and this applies again to the iOS, they've, they're kind of doing both doing it the same way on the Xbox and the iOS uh, ecosystem. Um, if a game is above their rating or whatever that you've set for their account, they can request it and you can allow it that one time. So like with our daughter, we allowed Disney Plus, the app on the Xbox, that one time because we were there with her uh, or in the basement with her and... So then she can watch it, but the next time she tries to launch it, it'll say you're not allowed to. Or you can say always allow if it's a specific game or app or whatever that you want to allow them above that. So um, fairly sophisticated as far as that goes in a relatively easy to use package. Um, There's a bit of like 
struggle to sometimes set up those accounts and email addresses and logins and all that kind of stuff and passwords. Um, but once you get it configured, it works pretty well. And you don't have to be any sort of Microsoft Windows user to in, you know, take advantage of their Microsoft family stuff. Um, it just kind of works with whatever email address or, or Hotmail account nice. if you still have one <laughs> hanging around. Um, so they've in, invested in, in usability on that. Um, so do you have any concerns about, especially with older kids, them figuring out uh, access uh, to the system or? Yeah, like ours, they haven't, they, they figured out ways to like, like the TV still has internet access on its own, right? So technically they, they, they know they can like just flip over the Netflix button on the TV if the Netflix app on Xbox locks them out because they've used up their hour of screen time, let's say, right? Whereas the TV being a Google Android box doesn't have any sort of family controls and, um, you know, it's free game as far as that goes. And so they generally know that and we haven't had to like unhook the TV from Wi-Fi or whatever <laughs> yet, <laughs> but um, that's the one sort of concern there. And so they, and they don't have devices yet where they could be sitting in you know, a laptop in their room and hacking away and trying to figure it out. So it is that the main issue is kind of like all, like, especially for my wife, who's less like interested in all the nerd stuff of these kind of things. Whereas I'm like, it's like kind of like you're a IT admin person, but for your house and mm-hmm. it's kind of fun in a way to at least initially setting it all up and stuff. Um, but it is just like the multiple ecosystems where you're like, okay, we've got Apple over here with their time limits there. And then Microsoft over here with time limits, plus your real world, like, whatever screen time and related limits you might have. And, and each kid is different, of course, too, how they handle that. So, um, right. yeah. Um, but yeah, for us, the big one was Minecraft for a while, as far as too much time and, you know, struggling to stop. And then now lately it's been Fortnite cause it's, it just doesn't end. There's no, like you completed a level. And so now you can rest easy with that achievement and then build on that next time. It's just each time you play is a new game and and there's an end to each game obviously you die or you you win but it starts up right away again to keep it going and and that's kind of that addictive thing that kids get hooked into and uh right um definitely the like you, you reference the schoolyard kind of like play of it i i i remember seeing that too with our kids where it, it, even though it's only been around two two years i think maybe three um how it's like, it's just pervasive. It just all of a sudden you go from like hardly hearing about it all. And then all of a sudden every kid is playing it. And if you're not, you're kind of like, you're the weirdo who doesn't have TV in, in the in the home or whatever in my generation. Anyway. Yeah. That was, that was a little bit, a little bit me uh, growing up. I had, you know, some fairly strict screen screen time uh, controls. Yeah. Which is fair. And that's totally like each family, you sort of wrestle with that and figure it out. Um, but yeah, so I think in reference to like cursing and like all that kind of stuff of chats, like I I don't have a good technique there because generally our kids are playing like they play in the living room. Their brother or sister are often there, and there's they haven't yet tried to like cover up things. You can't hear what the other players are saying to them necessarily, so there is that kind of like they could be hearing all sorts of stuff. But we generally lock down in the again on the Xbox. You can control are they allowed to be who they're allowed to be friends with? Do they have to send a request and things like that? And and kind of mm-hmm. like. Um, when you play a game with multiple people online, you can turn off their sound so you don't hear them. And that's generally what I get them to do if it's someone we don't know. Um, and they're usually still at the age where they kind of get freaked out by some of the garbage stuff if it's ever there. Um, so, but I can see a day coming where they're just kind of like, they've heard it all on the schoolyard anyways. So what's the difference if it's right. Um, and especially if it's my own kids, that's where I would, I'd be struggling with what they would, if they're saying stuff, they shouldn't be. Uh, whatever level that is for each family, obviously, but um, 
that's where I'd probably be like taking the mic away pretty quick and the headsets and they can just play, but not hear what other people are saying and stuff like that. So fun times. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know uh, when I will have to, you know, when, when my wife and I will have to start uh, enforcing, you know, stuff like that, but you know, we will have the usual techniques of illustrating what's okay, what's acceptable. And, you know, uh, a grade of penalties that start to kick in, you know, these certain privileges that might get lost if, if they are, you know, they continue to be abused. And I mean, hopefully we won't have to do that too much, but we'll see when, when the time comes, when the age comes. Yeah. It's hard. It's interesting seeing your kid, like we have three kids and they're all different in terms of how they handle having to shut it off, how they handle when things don't go right in the game, you know, like just the, that kind of stuff. And, um, I'd be curious if you're out there listening and you, you have different advice or questions like that, though, what with your kids and your family, that that's certainly a, a, an element of this podcast, uh, that we want to, foster and and encourage anyways is a discussion around that kind of stuff of family and how you manage the screen time and access to games and their friends say, I want to play this game and you don't want your kids playing that game. And we, uh, I'll just mention this now. We set up a Twitter account, 25 C arcade. So 25 cents arcade is, uh, 25 cents is the podcast name. Apple arcade review podcast is what we are. So 25 C arcade, you can follow us on Twitter there. Um, and, uh, some games that we, you, you actually, I haven't gone back to anything yet other than Inmost. So some games that you're still playing and going back to occasionally, what are some of those? Um, you know, I think pretty much the same as uh, last episode, uh, you know, Grindstone. Um, I'm getting, I think I'm getting close to the end of the levels that are currently available. So we'll see if there's something interesting that happens uh, there. Uh, Dear Reader, I think I mentioned, I, you know, mm. I'll play a couple levels of that. Um, I finished Pride and Prejudice in it, now reading <laughs> Flatland. And just for clarity, because I, I I know we discussed this, but is it that you read the whole whole uh, show or whole whole um, show whole book, or is it just a segment of the book? No, each each puzzle ends up being like a couple paragraphs, and they they seem to pick sort of key plot moments so that you can kind of follow the story without missing too much. So that the the editors have curated these uh, public domain novels into you know, basically a short story condensed version with a puzzle for each section. There isn't anything else that I've gone back to this week, uh, especially because I was trying to prioritize uh, uh, time for, for inmost. Um, there are some other games that I have installed on my phone that I think I'd get back to, but um, you know, I think I want to also kind of, especially now that I have the controller, try more of the games that um, haven't felt would, would be good fits for touch. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have an Xbox controller before or you picked one up for this purpose? Like uh, uh, yeah. I, uh, my wife got it for my birthday cause she knew I was excited about arcade. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I definitely would wreck it. Like it's, I have no problem. Rec- if you're, if you're at all interested in playing iOS games and don't have a console, then go grab, like it has to be an Xbox one S or newer controller, I believe there's one, if you Google it, you can see like there's an old style. It doesn't have the right kind of Bluetooth. I think or doesn't have Yeah, it has it has to be the Bluetooth one, not the whatever Microsoft Xbox custom wireless protocol yeah. one. Um, but then it works just like any other Bluetooth device, hooking it up to your iPhone and um, disconnecting it and removing all that kind of stuff is just like any old speaker or whatever that you connect and and works. You don't have to tell a game that you have it plugged in. At least in most, you didn't. Um, I would guess there might be some games where if like it finds it, you can disconnect it maybe. Anyways. I did notice with Inmost, there were a couple times where it seemed like the controller was not working and just toggling mm-hmm. out to the home screen and back into the game, it picked it up again. Like 
the Bluetooth connection didn't break, but like the game thought you were just in touch mode briefly a right. couple times. Or maybe like battery low, I forget what it's called, like Bluetooth has like a low, but it, I mean, if you yeah, where it's like saving battery mode or something on Bluetooth, I forget what that's called. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's just that quick, quick flip out. Um, so the one game that we were, a couple of games that we were looking at possibly playing next, did we, I forget if we settled on, so there's uh, Takeshi, you had said, Sociable Soccer, Lego Brawls was another one that's kind of like, if you've played, um, looks to be like if we played um, Super Smash Bros on Nintendo stuff. Similar to that. Yeah, I mentioned the Takeshi one and Social Soccer because they were in recent releases, but um, neither of them looked super interesting or, or my genre necessarily. Uh, Lego is obviously my jam, and I, I always liked playing uh, Smash uh, in its various iterations at Friends. Uh, well, yeah, why don't we try that one? Because I think we'll... We, you had thought maybe there was multiplayer reference to that, whether that means like local or over Game Center. Um, and we'll, so we'll try that out maybe this week. And yeah, um, I was going to play the trailer, but actually the trailer doesn't have any audio, like other than noises from the game. So it wouldn't make for much good audio <laughs> podcasting wise. But, um, but otherwise, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll include a link in the, in the show notes, of course, to that, to where you can find that in the Apple Arcade and uh, let you know how we make out with that one. Um, also of note, Apple last Monday, as we record this anyways, released their best of 2019. And interestingly, I was wondering how they, because I know they've done this in port before for apps and how they would incorporate the app store, or sorry, the game arcade store, or I'm mixing that all up, how they would incorporate Apple Arcade, which obviously they would be a little biased to in terms of promotion, whether a game outside of Apple Arcade would make it as one of their award-winning games. And I think, like, I was looking through the list, they um, they feature a lot of games that aren't on the Apple Arcade. Their Cyanar Wild Hearts yeah. is featured as one of their, it's an Apple Arcade game of the year, but they don't, it's not like they're locked to that Apple Arcade as the only games they feature. So, which is good, I guess. And They gave game of the year to Sky, which is from the, the Journey folks. Um. I, I tried it briefly, but the the sort of weird sort of MMO component to it um, turned turned me off. Like I didn't want to like play through a level while someone else was kind of playing through it. Um, tried it briefly with my son, but you know, like we were we were moving through the game, and then like someone else rushed ahead and hit the door, and it was like, well, we didn't get to do that. So oh, gotcha. It, yeah, didn't didn't grab me. Yeah, um, and it has some free to play mechanics that. You know, seasonal charge. I generally avoid yeah. it. Yeah. 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 There's some interesting ones on there. Heavy, hyper light drifter looks like, again, looks visually interesting. Gris, I think, was Gris in the, maybe I'm mixing up the, it's a platformer. I don't think that was in our Apple Arcade either. And then Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap is their Apple TV game of the year. So they're kind of like breaking it up by platform. Yeah. I think hyper light drifter I have on Steam, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of those. Because oh, that's a multi platform one. Yeah. And then, yeah, Sayonara Wild Hearts is definitely one of the games that's been on a list of mine to play. And I think we'll definitely cover it kind of like we were saying before, or I said before we recorded anyways of like knowing that when, wanting to do it when we have a week at least ahead or whatever of time to actually play it um, and justify reviewing a game that is very highly reviewed. Yes, that that might be one to uh, target for over the, the holiday break if you yeah. have more time around that time of year from from your work. I know I do. 
get you get holidays up there or down there wherever. Uh, I'm I'm taking days off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to keep this to our almost nailed our half hour landing. I think we're a little over. Close. But, um, yeah. So thanks for listening to Twenty Five Cents, an Apple Arcade podcast. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Icus, uh, and I'm on Twitter and almost everywhere else as Ultra Nerd with a U. <laughs> that always throws me off because I'm like, well, how else do you spell Ultra? Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's the, the in the nerd with a U and U R D. And I have the words right. right in front of me, so I, I can have to see fix it. That. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> uh, and then you can find Twenty Five Cents, of course, on Twitter. We set up Twenty Five C Arcade, and uh, of course, wherever you listen to podcasts. Once this podcast is out, so if you're listening to this and watching it, it's probably not out yet as of uh, early December. But uh, we are hoping to publish it and make everybody aware about it very soon. And then, of course, you can check out the Good Stuff Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/GoodStuff, where you'd be hearing this in advance later <laughs> if you subscribe i don't know i don't know how time shifting works someday you'll be able to hear another podcast a preview of another podcast maybe if you join that i guess in theory somehow so thank you for listening we'll see you next episode thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs>